Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on 5x5. Bandwidth for October is provided by Cashfly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. Cashfly delivers all of our content here at 5x5, and they really are the best. Check them out at cashfly.com and let them know you heard about them on 5x5. This week, I'm joined by tech pundit and host Ashley Esqueda. Welcome, Ashley. I, you did it. You pronounced my last name right. I've been practicing. Yeah, really good. Most people, they get <laughs> tripped up on the D. They're like, Esqueda, Quesadilla, Esqueda. It's many, I've heard, been called many different last names. What is, uh, uh, what's the origin of that last name? It is Basque, Spanish Basque. So uh, northern, northern mountains, Spain, um, down the border of France. Got their own, got their own language and all that good stuff. I'd love to go and learn said language, which I literally have absolutely no knowledge uh, of or in. But um, yeah, it's it's Spanish Basque, which is pretty cool. I have never had that response to that question ever before. <laughs> I I don't know that I've until you described where it was. I'm not sure I could have told you where Basque was. Yeah, I think um, most people associate some of Basque with. Um, there's been like. Not recently, but there was a big movement by some uh, small sort of they were considered terrorists by the U.S. government, like officially recognized as like terrorists. And they wanted to sort of secede from Spain and have their own country because they have their own uh, language, they have their own like society, culture, all that stuff. It's like a cross between uh, French and Spanish. And so. Um, yeah, they, they sort of wanted that, but there was like a really big extremist group that was like doing terrible things. So, uh, that, that's like what most people, like they've heard about it in the news, maybe in passing like four or five years ago. And they're like, aren't you guys like terrorists? And I'm like, no, that no, is, no, I That's swear. ringing a bell. I'd be like saying I'm Irish and it's like, aren't you guys terrorists? And you're like, no, no, that's, that's, that's just part of my country. Very small part of the country. And <laughs> has nothing. We just like drinking and having red hair. Like this is. It's totally not. It's a different thing. So, um, yeah, it's it's sort of like that. Well, my my last name comes is it's Frisian, which okay. always throws people as well because the country doesn't technically exist anymore. Yeah, people see this. You know, it's well, and also historically, United States we're terrible at geography. So yeah, and and that's okay because USA, we get away with that. USA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Point to right. where South America is on a map. Um, I don't, I have no idea. Is it down here somewhere? Yeah, it's, uh, so historically, I think it's like, um, we're sort of renowned for being absolutely awful at geography, which, you know, I, I, so that's okay. I give people a free pass if they don't know what Basque is. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. I, I'll get away with it then. Yeah. You're totally um, good. You have, uh, you have quite the resume. You can be found at ashleyaskeva.com. Yeah, that's the uh, hub. Hopefully, I'm revamping it very shortly, so hopefully you'll be able to get to like everything from there, which will be nice. Okay, and currently you can get to Geek Evolution from there, which is your Tumblog. Yes, that is my. That's where I put up all my blog thoughts. And then I'll link in the show notes a few of your highlight appearances or your your demo reel. But you've worked for companies like G4, Logitech, and Samsung. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and you also podcast at techfoolery.tv. Yes, and I'm sure it's a lot dirtier and more chaotic than this uh, than this podcast. So um, this this podcast is very family oriented. Yeah, I, it's clean and and cheerful. And yeah, our our podcast Tech Foolery. If you do not enjoy profuse obscenities and weird grab bag stories we pull from like the 40 and times of the daily mail and stuff we pull like really bizarre non-tech related stories and then we we do talk about technology um but we <laughs> at some point and uh but we have a lot of fun doing it and so if if you are into the r-rated uh technology podcast then that's a really good choice for you so but if not please stay away from our podcast you will hate it and i don't want you to hate me because you know it's just one part of what i do do you want me to put an NSFW in the show notes? Yeah, I'd, I'd throw an NSFW tag up uh, next to Tech Foolery's <laughs> link. That's probably best. Uh, we, we try to tell people it's just not for everybody, which is fine. Uh, it's not for everybody. But um, yeah, we've gotten a couple of uh, angry emails to people who were not paying attention to the explicit tag in iTunes and then uh, downloaded it and was like, this is a terrible podcast. And we're like, we know it's awful. And we're so sorry. <laughs> 
So I think uh, I think you're 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 very very aware that there was an iPhone launch uh, recently. There, there was. I don't. I haven't yep. heard of this. I you know iPhone. God, when's the last one came out? Like what five years ago or something? <laughs> um, it's been so long. So, well, what what was uh, what was your schedule like surrounding that launch? Like, what all did you have to cover? Well, funny. Since I'm a tech pundit, like it's. I really like the fact that I sort of own myself and I get to just kind of cover whatever I want. So I always like to live tweet the, um, the event. Like if it's, uh, if I can see it, if it's streaming or if I'm there, I always like to live tweet the event, uh, which is always a lot of fun and uh, gets me, nets me some new Twitter followers and loses me some Twitter followers, which is, uh, it's usually a wash. So I don't really, I don't actually get anything out of it, uh, except my own sad entertainment, but, uh, I get to live tweet the event and then, um, and then usually, <clears throat> excuse me, usually I like to talk about sort of what it means. And uh, I'm very tech agnostic. And this particular iPhone I was pretty excited about because I've never actually owned an iPhone uh, up until this iPhone 5. So this was a very exciting experience for me in that I've never had the Apple experience of like ordering, pre-ordering at midnight, like all of the, you know, things people really kind of love about it's sort of that I don't know it's sort of that group like mentality of it's like we're all in this together I've never had to wait in line for an iPhone or you know get jump online at two o'clock in the morning and try to order it (laughs) and like it's like Star Wars prequels. It, it's, it is. It's an event. It's it definitely is an internet event. And so um for for us gadget nerds and I've never been able to get caught up in the hype of it because I've never bought one for myself. And so um and as as we all know Apple does not send review units to anybody so um I, or a select few of uh the the tech journalism elite. Uh, so definitely not me. I am not in that category. And um and so I but I wanted a second line. Um I currently have an Evo LTE uh which is Android um it's the 1X for Sprint. And so I wanted a second line um and decided I wanted an iPhone because now finally I think the screen is uh sort of big enough for me to deal with because when you are used to Android phones going back to an iPhone is like really hard. Really really hard. <laughs> So what what overall what in your early iPhone experience now what's uh what what are the biggest differences between iPhone and Android? I think that it's very interesting to use both of them concurrently uh because when you are using both phones at the same time the the high points are really high points. You're just like, man, like iOS does this really well. Uh, I really like the way that iOS 6 is optimized. It it really flies. It's so quick. It's easy to get to your apps, obviously, because you have the grid as opposed to having to open an app drawer. And the other part of that is, is it's, it's so, when people, when you hear Apple say things like it just works, it's so true. Uh, And I kind of feel like it's a double-edged sword because it does just work. But then if you want it to do something a little bit more granular, sometimes it doesn't just work. Like that doesn't just work. And you have to really get into it and figure out, like I had to figure out from a couple of friends who are very ingrained in the iOS uh, ecosystem how to get pushed to Gmail, which has been like, that's a big thing for me. So I have yeah. like three email addresses through Gmail and I need to have all of them pushing a- immediately to my iPhone. And so having to set it up in exchange was, you know, that was a whole thing. And I didn't realize you had to do it that way to get push instead of it being retrieve or fetch. And um, and so but the low points like the high points are always really high points. And then the low points are even lower on both. It's just like sure. you you go, God, I wish the iPhone did this or I wish I wish my Android phone like did this or or worked this way. I really love the vertical integration of the hardware uh, because I, the first Apple product I bought was um, for myself that wasn't used was a MacBook Pro. And then I got an iPad six months later. And then now I have an iPhone and it's really awesome, especially photo stream. Like these are the kinds of things where it's just such a detail that Apple really takes care of and it makes it they make it so easy to use their product and integrate it throughout their entire uh, series of hardware, like their entire hardware lineup. And it's just really cool. Like, I, I love that they do that and they make it so simple. So what are the 
in a, a couple of the high high points for Android. I'm I'm almost entirely unfamiliar with Android. I've I've played with one a couple times, mm-hmm. but not enough to really have experienced. You know, I wish I wish my iPhone could do what this is doing right now. Yeah, what are a couple of those really great points? I really I have to say it's it sounds like a very cosmetic thing, but I love widgets. Um, I don't have a lot of screens of widgets. I see people with Android phones with like eight screens of widgets and I'm like, what are you doing? Like you're doing it wrong. Um, but I really like being able to customize the phone to look the way that I want it to look. I do like, uh, live wallpapers. Like I think they add something a little bit fun and kind of cheeky to the phone, but I also really like the way that I really like their calendar app. I love how it integrates with all of the Google ecosystem. Like Android does a really good job of integrating with that ecosystem, obviously. And um, I'm sorry, my dog is my dog is panicking. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it 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 really is at this point. We we talk about a lot on our podcast about ecosystem and how, uh, in my opinion, the the last five years have really been. Uh, extremely similar to the core wars that we saw for PC a while back where it was like, how many cores can we stuff in a computer? And now it's sort of calmed down and it's really about, okay, like, well, what can we get out of everything else? Like, what can we get out of the ecosystem? What can we give you in uh, Windows? Like Windows 8 now, they really want it to be this sort of media center and they want you to use it for not just your computing, but also on a tablet. And they want you to buy a Windows 8 phone. And I think this is a very interesting uh, next five years that we're coming into because now it's going to be, okay, we've we've pretty much maxed out. I mean, there's always going to be the weird outlier phone, but we've we've done, you know, the major hardware work. Now let's work on the software and let's see where the ecosystem can take us. And I think it's going to be really exciting for consumers, but also a little bit scary because it's really hard to leave an ecosystem once you get locked in. I mean, I have lots of friends who look at, the new Lumia 920, which is Nokia's Windows Phone 8 device. And they're like, it's gorgeous. It's so beautiful. It's so cool. I want one, but I have spent so much money in apps and on hardware for Apple and in the iOS ecosystem that I just, I can't bring myself to leave. It's not enough. And that's not enough on the Windows 8 side. Like I need something more. And um, it's a scary thing. That's what makes it so hard to to switch between like to get PC users to a Mac or Mac users to a PC is primarily software. Very much so. Very much so. And most PC users will say, well, I can't play like I know a lot of gamers who say, well, I don't want a Mac because I can't play XYZ game on this. Um, And I understand there's boot camp and everything, but I do I do understand where they're coming from. But then I also have graphic design design friends and people in production who are like, I would never leave my Mac. Like, this is all I use, and I just can't be bothered with Windows because it's just, you know, I don't need that. I just want it to work. I want to sit down, use it, and then walk away. And um, But then other people want these really granular controls, which Windows kind of offers. So I think it's a really interesting time, and I think that consumers are, are a little, in a little way being forced to sort of pick an ecosystem. It's like you're, you're basically picking sides at this point because you can't really, unless you're either wealthy, independently wealthy, or, you know, or you're, you have a serious gadget problem like I do in which I may actually, I'm like a gadget hoarder, um, where you are really, truly tech agnostic. It's really, really hard now to sort of experience all three, um, and and people are starting to choose sides a little bit quicker and um, and get a little bit more vocal and uh, excitable about it. Next time I have a website that I need cross-platform tested, I'm calling you. Totally. I'm going to have you loaded up on every one of your gadgets and you can tell me uh, what it breaks on. <laughs> I have this picture when whenever I get accused of being a fanboy in any camp. Like I have been accused of being a, a, a Windows, a Microsoft fanboy. I've been accused of being an Apple fanboy, an Android fanboy, a Google fanboy. I mean, you name it. I have been accused of being a fanboy. And uh, whenever you think nice thoughts, I don't know if you know this, Brett, but whenever you think nice thoughts or say something kind about another operating system, you are immediately a fanboy. <laughs> a set operating and a system. traitor. And a trader, yes, you're absolutely a trader to whatever operating system the commenter really likes. And I am, um, I am familiar with that. 
so I have this picture of like all of my devices piled up on my nightstand and it's like there's a playbook in there. There's an iPad. There's a Nexus 7. There's like five cell phones. I mean, it's like it's it's scary. OK, like I'm like I said, I may need to see somebody and um, you're going to see me on Hoarders next season. And um, I just send that picture now. <laughs> I'm just like, right. Yes, I'm a fanboy. Clearly. <laughs> um. I, uh, I was talking with someone on Twitter this morning about how it's only a matter of time before there are uh, rehab centers and support groups for gadget and app uh, hoarding yeah, addictions. Well, I mean, they already have it. They already have like, you know, MMO addictions. Like you can go to clinics and like quick cold turkey. There's like rehab centers for like MMORPG addiction, which I... I'll be honest, I've seen uh, I've seen friends go down the go right down the t- because they're addicted to a particular game. And it's like, I it's really scary. M- marriages fail because of yeah. that. Yeah, no, I've seen many marriages. So, oddly enough, met my husband playing, uh, not actually playing in game, but met my husband playing Star Wars Galaxies nice. <laughs> back in back in 04. I neither my wife or I play anything beyond like Angry Birds. And I, I think that works out well. Like, it's it's an escape when we need it, but it doesn't get to the point where divorce is on crazy. the table. Yeah. Well, I think I think with that, you really have to... You either both play or you both don't play, or one person is extremely understanding. Like, I, I'm going to be honest. My husband does not play video games as much as I do. And at one point during World of Warcraft's uh, Wrath of the Lich King expansion, I was raiding like every week and I was spending a lot of time just, you know, getting mats for the raid and like getting all my pots ready and just getting all my stuff ready. I had to get all my flasks and um, and and it really it got to the point where it was like I felt so bad because I would wake up and it's an East Coast server, but we're on West Coast time. So I would wake up at like eight o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and I would raid and my desk is right next to our bed because we live in a very <laughs> small apartment. And um, and so he like I just feel so bad because he gets up early to go to work like every day. And I was like, I'm sorry. like I'm sorry. Just I'm raiding. And then it was like we'd wipe and I'd start screaming. It's just really terrible. So, yeah, it's I think you either have to have like one really understanding party which thank you husband um or you either both play which i we do have in our guild we have a lot of uh married couples that play together so it's uh i don't know what's happening with their children but um <laughs> an online couple couples retreat yeah it's well and it's funny like they play and oddly enough like i think a lot of the time that's when they get along the like when they're actually playing and having to like cooperate with each other and work together to achieve something and it's it's really amazing as you could do a whole dissertation i'm sure people have on the psychology of uh like married couples or significant others uh playing mmos together it's really interesting stuff do uh do people still do land parties um i you know i don't know but i i will say i have been a part of land parties like this group of mine and I, uh, we did a New Year's Eve party every single year. We do this like anti New Year's Eve thing where we would all bring a television and our and a console, and we would play Halo, like all Halo and and Burnout. We we would literally play those two games. Uh, we play Crash Mode and Burnout all night long. So and we did that from for like uh, six years, something like that. And then we just finally were like, well, now we have the internet and Xbox Live. So I think you can. I think now LAN parties it's sort of moot because you have. Yeah. Xbox Live. Everyone can talk to each other on the headsets. You, it's like having a LAN party without having to leave the comfort of your own home or lug anything around. Exactly. And I, like it was earlier when you were talking about gamer loyalty to PC, and I was thinking, I wonder if they have LAN parties, and you could actually show up carrying like a G5 to a LAN party. And oh uh, man, you'd what kind of get ridicule? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'd probably get beaten up. They beat you up and they kick you out. Yeah. Um, I, I always wanted to open a bar, like a, a really cool, like ultra lounge that had like land gaming upstairs. You should talk to my friend, Victor Agreta Jr. Do you know him from Tua? That's, did the name sounds familiar? I'm sure I've read his stuff. He's uh, he's editor in chief at the unofficial Apple weblog, and he yeah. has some brilliant ideas um, in that area. I won't give away any of his plans, but you should definitely chat with him. I will do that. I'm going to follow him on Twitter right now. <laughs> v Agrida Jr. Okay, I'm I'm in. Awesome. Let's see. I'm gonna go ahead and read the first sponsor before we get into another topic here. Sure. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit about Shopify. 
Shopify is a hosted e-commerce solution that allows you to set up and run your own t- your own online store in minutes. Pick a template, add your products, pick your payment processor from PayPal to Stripe or Authorize.net and ship your stuff with just a few clicks. With Shopify, it's easy to sell online and there's no software to download, host, upgrade, or maintain. Pick from over 100 professionally designed e-commerce templates or create your own with full control over the HTML and CSS. There are no bandwidth limits and no need to worry about scaling when your, when your store becomes popular. And every Shopify store is level 1 PCI DSS compliant and totally secure. All you need is something to sell. Visit shopify.com slash 5 by 5 and you'll get three months for free. So check them out today. First one's a little bit shorter. The next one will be longer. <laughs> and then after that, it gets, it gets long. Uh, it's crazy. We'll, we'll close the show with a very long uh, sponsored copy. Um, but I uh, kind of want to jump into the next question, which uh, you're the first female guest I've had out of 12 shows. And while that ratio isn't terribly unusual in the tech world, I, I'm curious as to what your 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 point of view would be on why that might be and if it's true in your corner of the tech world. It, I mean, I think it's sort of a universal thing. Like we definitely, I, there are, I think everybody knows that as a standard, there are a lot less women in technology. Um, and I think that sort of stems from the same thing as like video games where it kind of started off as a boys club. And now that it's a lot more mainstream, um, you're seeing more women come to it because they're interested, but then you're also kind of seeing, um, it's this phenomenon that I like to call the Olivia Munn phenomenon where you have girls who don't really know they're not really into the industry. Uh, and then they, but then they want a slice of that slice of that action, whether it's like money or attention or whatever it is. And they try to get into it because that's a good way for them to sort of get started or get, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's sort of that where Olivia Munn came from. She does not, uh, she does not care anything about the geek community. And, um, one year she dressed up as slave Leia at uh, Comic-Con and someone just gave her a job. So, um, yeah, it's. It's one of those situations where it's sort of like it's a, it's a very strange phenomenon. And because of that, uh, because you don't really have people question, uh, you don't have guys questioning other guys commitment to being a geek. Like you never sure. see this. You never see this. Sure. But you always see it with girls like people are just constant. It's a constant barrage of you know, prove your worthiness, prove yourself, prove this, prove that, prove you're hot, prove you're not, prove you're into whatever you do, which, first of all, is exhausting. (laughs) I bet. Very exhausting. But the other thing is, is because of these people who are sort of getting into the industry without any actual interest in the topics um, or, you know, or even the industry itself, what ends up happening is, is people automatically write you off. Um, and I think for a lot of women, that is really hard for them. Um, and I think for anybody, like anybody, um, it just happens to be women because that's where it's directed at in the tech industry and even the gaming industry to, to a large extent. And I think that, um, I think that that turns a lot of women off and they get fed up with it. And so uh, even if the interest is there, they may, they may face a hurdle to just getting started that, yeah, just that perhaps their male counterparts don't. Absolutely. And it's, and well, it absolutely is. It's a double standard. I mean, if you uh, meet, let's say you are a discerning, uh, you're a hip person, but you Xbox live every week, you play call of duty. If a guy joins your land game, it's automatically assumed and allowed that they are really into call of duty and they're playing and they're going to be really good. Or whatever. Or, you know, at least they're into it and they know the game well enough and blah, blah, blah. Man, you get a girl in that chat room. Like, most girls will not talk in a chat room, like on Xbox Live. You can't. Because you just, it's it's a constant barrage. Either of, you know, horrible comments. Like, I mean, they perverted or just really cruel or mean or whatever it is. Um, or it's just, you know, a constant assumption that you have no idea what you're doing. And it's, and I think that for a lot of women that gets exhausting and I, I can't say I blame them for just not wanting to really kind of fight back or get involved. Like after a while, it's just, you just get over it. I mean, and 
I think a lot of women are starting now to sort of be accepted a little bit easier, which is great. And that's why we're seeing a lot more because it's not so much of a battle as it used to be, but we're also still seeing it. I mean, it still exists. There's always that um, there's always that group of people who will always be suspicious of you because, you know, you have you are a lady and that means that you are either trying to infiltrate and destroy us <laughs> or it's always like there's some strange suspicion that, that is involved. And, and to be fair, it's not entirely unjustified. And I, I, I do know a lot of girls who, again, take advantage of people who pretend that they're really into the industry and take advantage of folks. But at the end of the day, it's, um, I think, fortunately, uh, people like me, people like, you know, Nixie Pixel, who's really into Linux. And you've got, I mean, you've got a lot of people who are really, um, truly experts in their field. Like they love what they do and they are really into the industry that they either talk about or report on that are legitimizing women um, in tech journalism. And I, I think uh, technology, it's great. I mean, we have Mayor over at, at Yahoo now, which is, you know, I like we're finally starting to really see sort of this proliferation of women in uh, science and technology. Um, and then now it trickles down to obviously bloggers and uh, reporters because, you know, people people like to hear from everybody. So it's, uh, but yeah, it is challenging. I would say it's very, very challenging to, have a thick skin about it and and stick with it because it can really be exhausting. It's bound to happen, but do you see a point in the relatively near future where that kind of hurdle doesn't exist, where a, a female can come into the community and not have to face, like, basically having to prove herself to get any kind of foothold? I think that it's definitely going to go away at some point. Um, if we think about how old the industry is, uh, it's basically those people who were not used to uh, the industry standard. Like it's it's an again the old boys club type of mentality. That's going to die out. Like it's going to get to the point where it doesn't matter who you are. You know, it's like I'm a gamer, and I, like the whole term like girl gamer. Like I think it's silly because it's like, well, who cares if you're a girl? Like, and I I think it's really interesting when you hear. Uh, I've seen like little girls say like I I I love video games. I play video games. Like they don't they don't reference themselves as a girl gamer. Right. Like it's just not a thing. And um and I it's really interesting to see sort of that that divide in gener that generational gap where you know little boys don't really they know girls play video games too. And I think it's really been helped by uh, iOS and mobile gaming. I think it's really helped, you know, with the iPad, especially like, and, and the Nintendo DS and making things more accessible and less like, you know, this is only for boys. Uh, marketing has really, uh, sort of expanded to include both boys and girls. So I think this is a very interesting shift that we're going to see probably uh, as like people who are kids now, like as they go into adulthood, I think we'll finally see that sort of, suspicion kind of die out like it'll, I think it'll always be there it's just sort of like you know civil rights uh, it, it's just it's such a strange thing to compare it to but it's it really is where it's like that over time because people will get more and more used to the fact that there are girls in gaming and there are girls in tech and then at one point it just won't even matter like it that won't even be a thought I think without being like a part of the community at all i think that we're seeing the same kind of shift happen in the sciences mm -hmm, like mm -hmm, to absolutely. me at least from a media presentation of it i i'm beginning to see less of a line like it doesn't it doesn't really matter anymore you don't have right. to distinguish gender you're not so. a lady scientist you're just a right. scientist yeah and it's i mean it's such a silly thing to think about where it's like why should i have to define myself as like i'm a woman gamer it's like who cares like i just play video games that's what i do i'm a nerd i'm a geek i'm not a girl geek like i don't it's just such a weird distinction that I just, for me, I don't feel like it's necessary, but I guess a lot of people still feel like that's necessary. It's bizarre to me. Yeah, well, They'll get over it takes it. a long time yeah. for for biases to die out. Yeah, it's a generational thing. And I, I really think that um, because the, the industry itself is so young. I mean, when you really think about it, it's it's so young. And um, and I think now uh, over time, we're, we're really starting to see it kind of die out. Like that whole gaming is only for boys. Like I don't even feel like that would exist for little girls at this point. Like I, I don't have any children, so I couldn't say specifically. But I for me, like I, I just from what I've seen, I, I couldn't imagine somebody saying like, oh, well, video games are only for boys. Like, of course, they're not. They're for everybody. Video games are for everyone. Right. Um. Can we get personal for a second? Oh, let's get personal. All right. 
I guess it's more about personality than personal. Um, but gender aside, um, this this uh, the world that you work in, uh, it takes a certain kind of personality to to put yourself out there regularly, uh, video and and voice and and writing. Um, what kind of what kind of personality do you see in yourself that makes it possible to really drive forward in the tech blogging? kind of in tech punditry. I think uh, you're absolutely right. It does take a very specific kind of person to stick with putting themselves in the public eye. Um, When it's your opinion, it's a little bit more personal. So I think you have to be willing to be wrong or willing to never be right. This sounds very (laughs) strange, but it's like, because you'll never be right to everybody. Like you're, because it's almost always opinion based. So you have to just accept the fact that there are going to be, be people out there who hate you. Like, I, I mean, it's and it's just that's how it is. I, I mean, there are people who absolutely loathe me every week. The brief comes out and it's just constant. You know, it, I get a lot of hate on YouTube and it's like you just have to say, well, you know, what those people think of me is none of my business. It, like it's it really isn't. YouTube comments should be completely ignored. I think we should just abolish them, but I, that's just me. I, I use a plugin YouTube. that hides them. When I view YouTube, I don't yeah. see the comments. They're too, yeah. uh, too awful to me. They're insane. They're absolutely insane. And, They're and like dig them, used to be. It's, it's pretty bad. And a lot of them are younger kids who don't know any better. Like they're not being taught by their parents how to use the, how to use and wield the internet responsibly. And I think it's very much a Spider-Man situation where it's like with great power comes great responsibility that kids are not being taught. Like they, a lot of kids are not being taught how to respect the Internet because they at this point, you now have kids that have always had the Internet. Right. And I remember when we didn't have the Internet. Mm-hmm. And so I always am like, man, isn't it so great? I can like get on Google and find an answer to anything. And and I just I think a lot of um you know, teenagers at this point, like they've, they don't know, like they don't know what it was like to not have it. And so they can't really appreciate what it is. And so, and their parents don't really, this is not like, it's a really weird gray area where it's like parents who did not have the, when they were younger, like who would be my age are saying like, well, they, it just doesn't even occur to them that they should teach their kids how to act on the internet. Well, and I think, and I think this is why we see a lot of cyberbullying, but I think over time it'll go down. I do too. Because, this group of kids who are teenagers now who are being cyberbullied and who see their friends commit suicide because of, you know, cyberbullying, I think when they become adults, they will teach their kids how to use the Internet appropriately. Well, and the cyberbullies the themselves, the cyberbullies are going to eventually, when they go out to get a job, when a school does a background they check on learn. them, their, <laughs> their Internet history is going to come back to haunt them and they will learn something from that. Yeah, hopefully they will learn something from that. And I think in a many, uh, the majority of the cases, they absolutely would. So I think it's I think it's a situation where we're just sort of in a weird, murky area where the Internet is like kind of an ugly place in terms of anonymity and commenting and just, you know, like I can't read like new, any news story. Like I read a news story the other day about like a golf cart and somebody <laughs> made it about Obama and Romney. And I was just like, yeah. OK, guys, like it's about a golf cart. OK, I don't need to politicize this. It's a story about a golf cart. Like, it's just who cares? And it's so I think um, I think in a lot of ways uh, you just have to you you really the, if you want to do this for a living, you have to a, have a really thick skin or you have to literally have no curiosity about what other people think of you and never go look at the comments, because I, I know so many people who have wanted to get into it or they'll start a YouTube channel or they'll do whatever. And they get so much just junk thrown at them from left, right, up, down, um, that they just, they get tired of it and they just quit because it's just, it's, it, it really is emotionally exhausting to read those comments on a weekly basis or a daily basis. If you're putting out a show or writing an article. So, um, I think the important thing is to find, uh, you know, a group of people who who like what you have to say, but have intelligent things to talk to you about. Like, I, I really like Google Plus because of that. A lot of the people who are regular commenters on my Google Plus profile are really cool. And they have a lot of really interesting things to say. And we don't agree all the time, but I always like to have that conversation with them. And I like to interact with those people. So if you find people that you enjoy interacting with or a community that you enjoy interacting with, um, that's probably where you should be. 
And then on top of that, if you are going to make video or if you are going to, you know, put your opinion out there, make it as good as possible. I mean, especially with video, because that's the majority of what I do. I try to make my videos the highest quality possible. So that's like that's one type of comment I can now take away. You know, I sure. And and that improves your um, your credibility. Of course. Of course. So people are less likely to just troll it for fun. Exactly. You look like you're a professional as opposed to somebody, you know, just recording with a webcam, like a cheap webcam on your, you know, on your couch every Tuesday at four or whatever, you know, be consistent, be professional. Like some of the jobs that I have done in the past, I've not been paid for. I just did it for free, but I still do it to the best of my ability. And I still, you know, make it a point to make it as professional and polished as I can, even though I might be grumbling the whole time while I'm editing going, I can't believe I'm doing this for nothing. Like I'm making this so nice. Like I can't believe it. Um, it's, it's always good to have the most professional product out there. So if you want to do it, um, you know, just, just ignore everybody and just if you feel great about what you're writing or if you think what you're writing is, you know, compelling or what you're putting out there is compelling and interesting, um, then then you should absolutely do it. I think that it should be noted that you can develop that thick skin or ability to ignore comments entirely. Oh, you absolutely can. This is a skill. This is absolutely yeah. a skill. I feel There's like it's a turning point. There's a turning point where yeah, it really should. There's a turning point where you um, you you make the decision. You, you know, you've, you you've you've been like beat down a few times, and you either become the person who just stops reading those comments and just says what they know they need to say, or you say, "All right, I'm gonna just back off here," and Absolutely. maybe internet celebrity is not my goal after all. Yeah, yeah, and it's it very much is a it, it is a conscious decision to not listen or read. Um, I got for a while, I felt like I needed to defend myself. Like, so I always, this always makes me laugh. So on the Monday brief, usually I, I wear always, I wear clothes out of my own closet. Like I, I dress myself. I'm my own stylist. I do my own makeup. I do, you know, I do everything. I write the show, I shoot it. And, um, and I always get two different types of commenters, which cracks me up. So I buy my shirts from American Eagle Outfitters. This is like, this is not, it's not Victoria's Secret. It's not like, it's not anywhere, you know, shade. I'm not buying any, I'm not buying like sexy lady tops. Like these are just shirts that I bought at like Forever 21 or whatever. And I'll wear them on the show and it's because it's a V-neck, you know, I get Mm -hmm. one of two comments, which is, (laughs) I have two favorites, which the first one is, oh my God, you're an attention. You just are dying for attention on the internet. And this is why you're wearing this shirt, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, and then and some more choice words that I will not repeat on this show. But suffice it to say, they are accusing me of being the world's oldest profession on the Internet. Yes. So um, and then the second comment that I always get, which this one, I think, maybe amuses me even more than the troll people or the people who are calling me like the bad names are the people who are like, you know, you're so much better than this and you're being exploited. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm just like, who is exploiting me? Who is the person? Like, I picked this outfit. Am I exploiting myself? Like, I don't understand. This is what I wear. Like, I wore this shirt to get a sandalier. Like, I didn't go, ooh, I better not wear this outside. This is indecent. It's, you know, like, I don't, that doesn't occur to me. And it's just so funny that people seem to think that I'm like going, gosh, like, I better pick out a shirt that's going to, you know, pander to the lowest common denominator of the internet, because those are the people I want as viewers. Like, it's it's absolutely not like that. And I just, I find it so amusing and, and a little bit sad that people seem to think they need to, like, come right in on their white horse with their, you know, their Sir Lancelot, like, sword and everything. And they're just like, oh, come rescue you. You're being exploited. And it's just like, no, no, these are just my clothes. It's totally cool. <laughs> Do you think... Do you think that if you wore a turtleneck sweater, that it would change people's um, the the way that they uh, accept what you actually have to say? Do you think that it would no. make a difference, or would you get the same kind of? No. Nope. Would, would people complain about that too? No, nope, they always do. I did it last year when when Steve Jobs passed away, almost exactly a year ago. I wore a black turtleneck on the show to like pay homage to Steve Jobs. And of course the very first comment is hated it. (laughs) And it's just like, I just, you can't win. You cannot win. And that's number one thing you always have to remember. If you're doing anything where you're putting out your content or your opinion or your face or whatever it is on the internet, you can't win. So 
happy with what you're doing. Be proud of what you're putting out there. And, and that's all you can do. There is nothing you can do beyond that. Yeah, I'd agree. I'm going to go ahead and tell you all about Shutterstock while we have a breath here. Um, sponsor to Shutterstock.com. Shutterstock has over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video clips. If you're looking for images for your website or blog, a print ad, trade show swag, or even apps, Shutterstock is the way to go with over 10,000 new images added each day. Shutterstock.com gives you a global image collection. You can find images from around the world to suit your project. Choose between image packs and monthly subscription packages, whatever fits your need, and you never have to compromise. If you need just one image for your blog or a mock-up, you can do that too. Download any image in any size and pay only one price. They don't nickel and dime you for high-resolution images. If you need them, take them. They make it easy to curate and share your photos via lightboxes, so you can choose your favorite pictures or videos and add them from your lightbox, add them to your own lightbox gallery as you search. They even have an iPad app for all of this. If you like an image and you want to run it for uh, print or swag or your trade shows, they can get you an enhanced license for any image. They also have a huge library of vectors, icons, infographic templates, and video clips that come in handy. Need help or have questions? You get an account rep dedicated to you who will answer any question, and they have 24-hour support during the week. Go to Shutterstock.com and sign up for free. No credit card needed. Get 30% off of any package. Uh, once you find the images you like and decide to purchase, use the offer code DANSENTME10. So head on over to Shutterstock.com and find the images you've been looking for today. I find myself particularly particularly nervous reading this copy right now because you're so good at talking and talking fast. I feel like uh, I have a, a standard I have to live up to now. No, God, no, no. <laughs> I should just send. I should send the next one to you and have you read it. I'm just very. I'm very mouthy. Mouthy, verbal. I'm, I'm a mouthy broad. Yeah, very verbal. Verbal. Verbal Kent. Um, so we were talking uh, earlier about having three picks, but I don't know what you picked. So I'm oh, going to let know. you I didn't start. Send them to you. I'm so sorry. Oh no, that's fine. I would have. I would have asked if it was a big deal. I'm just going to make you go first, so that I don't overlap any of yours. Okay, good. So one of my picks, I like to pick just because games are awesome. And I am really enjoying this game on the iPhone 5, which oddly enough, I usually enjoy games more on the iPad. Not so with this one. So it's like specifically really enjoying it on the iPhone 5. It's called God of Blades. Oh. And it is this really cool, it's a side-scrolling game. It's super simple to play. And you are this um, this sort of spirit. You're like king of darkness type thing. And you're, you're this lovely little um, enigma and you are floating through this level and you have to like kill all these guys with, a, with different swords. You have like different swords with different abilities. And it is so beautiful and looks so cool on the iPhone. And it's also, it's, it's so easy to pick up and play, but it's really hard to master the timing for like blocking and getting your swings in right. And um, it's, just, it's so great. I can't recommend it enough. I've been having a lot of fun with it this weekend, and I, uh, it's definitely going to be in this week for G4. I do their mobile gaming roundup every week, and uh, this is absolutely like one of the picks for this coming week. Um, so sneak peek on that. But yeah, it's such a great game. I, I'm really, really enjoying it. And I usually I like games better on the iPad because of the extra real estate on the screen. Mm -hmm. But this one in particular, I really like on the iPhone because it's um, it's first of all, the backgrounds are these sort of really beautifully animated. Um, you, you're sort of on a bridge or, you know, it's just a regular side scrolling sort of thing. But then in the background, you can see all these different things happening, like war. And it, it's just crazy. Like it's it's so beautiful on the iPhone 5. I can't even tell you. I'm, I'm really impressed with it. And and because of the controls, I actually really like having that handheld experience a little bit more than I do a full tablet experience. Although, you know, if that iPad mini comes out, that could be my favorite. Well, I'm looking at the, uh, the page for this, uh, the preview page on the web, not on iTunes. And apparently it's so good that they gave it twice as many screenshots as normal. It's so There's good. There's like a thousand screenshots. Um weird okay um but it's it's by white whale games and it just came out came out the 27th 
It is just stunning. It does. I, look I mean, gorgeous. I'm telling you, it's it really it's does. basically you're the name. You're this nameless king. It's it. You're a ghost or a specter or you know things like that. And there's a. It's like a like a cult that you have to defend your planet against. And so you have all these different blades forged from this your world that you can use and equip every level. It's just so cool. Oh, so good. Could you uh, could you make a comparison to Infinity Blade as far as gameplay goes? It's it's definitely different than Infinity Blade. It's a little bit more Infinity Blade is a bit more open world sort of not open world but you know because you're on a you're on a track but exploration and there's um it's a lot more 3D. This is a little bit more linear and it's uh, a little simpler. But if you go to whitewhalegames.com, you can see the the trailer, the launch trailer, and you'll get it. Like the second you see what it is in the launch trailer, it's so easy to understand and it's so good. Like, just buy it anyway. Like, don't even think about it. Just go get it. <laughs> I'm I'm in. It's so good. I, I mean, I really, really love it. I, I'm really enjoying that. Well, my first pick is uh, is also a game, and I am really, really enjoying it. Um, anyone who's listened to the first couple episodes knows that I have an affinity for Monsters Ate My Condo. Oh, um, Which is awesome on both iPhone and iPad. And Super Monsters Ate My Condo just came out. And it adds a certain uh, a certain amount of three dimensional. It's not a whole lot different as far as gameplay. There are a few tweaks that I think are uh, improvements to the way the scoring and uh, and everything go. But overall, I'm just really excited to know that Monsters Ate My Condo is still under active development. Yeah. Um, if you haven't played it, I I a word of caution. Uh, you it is maybe not to the extent that that uh, like. Uh, World of Warcraft is, but it, it can destroy your personal relationships. It's highly <laughs> yeah. addictive. Adult Swim makes some of the most addicting, simplistic, but super addicting games out there for iOS. I, I'm always impressed with their offerings. Like every time there's a new Adult Swim game, it's immediately installed and played and usually for hours and then I realize I haven't showered in days and I need to like actually go out and maybe pay bills and run errands. So it's it, they're always so good. So, yeah, Super Monsters Ate My Condo. Awesome. It's a really good upgrade. I, I totally agree. Um, good choice. Good choice. Well, you know what's weird about the Adult Swim games is that the music and, and the backgrounds are as addictive as the gameplay itself. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure that like got like a Blades. crazy Japanese. I just right. love the crazy like sort of Japan esque art, and I it just it's so good. And the opera lady at the and when you die, yeah, the yeah. opera the big fat opera lady it comes out and sings about I can't even remember what she sings, but it's ridiculous because it's over. That's what yeah. happens when the fat lady sings. Exactly, over. exactly. She sings something about eating shoes, or I don't remember. Yeah, it's but. something very hilarious and in the vein of Adult Swim. So, yeah, it's it's really great. Good choice. Hey, thanks. So, you have another one? Um, You know, I don't know if this is new. I, th- so I thought with iOS 6, this is new. Cards is now available on um, iPad. What is it? The Apple app where you can make cards and, like, mail them to people. Oh, I actually never never used that. Well, I, I think, and... You know, I'm sure your listeners know this way better than me, but I, I had thought that it was only available on iPhone when it got launched and they didn't have an iPad app or maybe it was the other way around. I can't remember if it was one or the other, but it's now available on both. And I don't know if that's recent or not, but I've been yeah. having I, I will say I'm torn between that. And I know this is actually, you know what I'm going to say? It's a different app. So this is going to sound totally insane. But there's this Martha Stewart app where you can make like cards and like little paper crafty sort of things like um, scrapbooking type stuff. And I have taken to making like really hilarious, awful, like just dumb cards with my own slogans on them. Like one of them says smile like in this beautiful script. And then underneath it, I wrote Quran, but not too much. Otherwise, people might think you're crazy. (laughs) <laughs> so, like, I've been making my own custom cards and mailing them off to friends and and weirding them out. Um, like, I mailed one to my husband. And I was like, I can't wait to have really creepy children with you. Like, so, I, like, I've been having a lot of fun making absolutely insane cards um, with this you, Martha Stewart uh, app. Do you ever, you ever go to um, some e-cards? Oh, man. I love some e-cards. I get the newsletter 
Ugh. to crack me up. It's a good, it's a really good site. So it's, it's like that, but I get to make my own like really terrible custom cards for my friends. So, and it, and you get to have like glitter, like there's glitter, like the little like glue, glitter it, paint or whatever. It's is it so craft terrible. Studio? Yeah. It's Martha Stewart's craft studio. It's okay. so ridiculous. It, seriously. I like everyone's probably laughing at me right now, but it's so ridiculous. And yet somehow I'm having a lot of fun with it. Well, that's uh, the, the the creative possibilities are practically they are endless. endless. You know, we all know Martha likes to offer us endless possibilities. That's just what she does. So good old Martha. And speaking of creative possibilities, I think for my second pick, I'm going to say, well, there's the, okay. There's an app. There's a writing app that I I haven't talked about because it's almost so much to talk about. Um, but I think I think it's time. Uh, I'm going to talk about Scrivener. Oh, that's a good one. It's for writers. It's an amazing app. If you're not a writer and have no uh, drive to be a writer, uh, you you probably won't want to get past the learning curve on it. But if you write or have any intention of writing anything long form, Scrivener gives you like your index card view where you can shuffle around your your plot uh, and and chapters. It gives you a binder view. It can export to EPUB and PDF and rich text, and it can you can work in Markdown and multi Markdown. It is it's intense. The number of features, the number of uh, like the full screen distraction free mode with the pop up uh, notes palette and and character lists, and it every time I use it, I find something new that just I'm like, whoa, very cool. So it's so good for writers. Anybody who's looking to write a book, especially yeah. like that's I mean, it's such a great great app. Sure. I mean, for blog posts, you know, I, I generally work in, in a text editor, like Byword or in Sublime Text too. And anything shorter than about, you know, eight paragraphs, probably just going to do in a text editor. Anything that gets bigger than that or has multiple chapters, mm-hmm. um, definitely it's, it's, it probably goes into multimedia, uh, multi-markdown composer next. And then if it's, if it if it needs anything like shuffling and and reorganizing and and just being able to see the overview, Scrivener is ideal. Really is. It's so good. All right. Well, that's my second pick. So I think I really okay. So I have two that I'm considering. One of them is like more social media. I don't know if you guys have mentioned um, Mint.com's uh, their personal finance app for iPad. We have not. I have to say, I was a skeptic about this because I feel really uncomfortable giving my bank information to like companies. <laughs> and um, my best friend told me, he's like, I have been able to save a lot of money with Mint and it's really great and I'm able to track my expenditures. So I gave it a try once I got an iPad last year. And I, I will tell you what, it is the best way to keep track of where my money is. My husband and I are saving up to buy a house and to be able to sort of track your goals and to have Mint like email you and say, hey, like you didn't put enough money away this month or hey, great, like you put away more than you were you know, expected to. That's awesome. Now you're even closer to your goal. It's really, really great. And I understand that, you know, their their financial model is made off of people applying for like credit cards through the site and stuff. But man, if you're already set up and you already have all the credit cards you need, and you don't want to deal with all that. You don't have to. And so I like I like that a lot. And I like being able to just sort of see where all of my money is. And it's really helpful, especially if you want to save up for something specific. So uh, being able to save for the down payment on our house has been really helpful to be able to sort of see it visually and also compare it to, you know, where's all my money coming in? Where's it going out? Uh, being able to get a text message saying, you know what, maybe you have eaten at a restaurant too many times this month. You are out of control, madam. <laughs> you know, tone it down. <laughs> uh, I really like that it will do that for you. So you can set your little sliders to however much or how little you want to spend in a specific category every month. So They've expanded like, their bank compatibility too, haven't they? I think so. Yeah, I think in the last like six months, they've really expanded um, to a, a few more smaller, uh, like credit unions and, yeah. and smaller banks, which is great. And yeah, that's it's why a I really haven't used it thus app. far. It's My really good. Union. If it, if your bank is compatible with it, it's it's really worth it. If you are terrible with budgeting and like you don't really, you know, like. <sighs> As a young, like as sort of a, I'm, gonna, I'm not a young adult anymore. I'm like a regular adult. Um, <laughs> but it's like once you 
really get like that career going that you want, like, and you start getting like real money instead of minimum wage, you start just spending it because you're like, oh my God, money. Like you're just like, hooray, I'm rich. Even though you're totally not rich. Um, I like, I will spend money on gadgets like crazy, but I have like, I have mint tell me like, Hey, like too much. (laughs) You got to pull it back. You got to rein it in, save it for next month. Like whatever it is, like this is your budget and you have just crossed it. So you can choose what to do with that information, what you will, but we're just letting you know that you've crossed your budget, your set budget you've allocated for this month. So I really like mints. Um, and I much prefer it on the iPad cause it's much easier to see everything at a glance. So, um, and plus, you know, it's like, I don't really need it while I'm out and about, I have my bank app on the iPhone. So using it on iPad is a really great way to just sort of check in with your money, like where all your debt is. Like I can see my student loans and things like that. So it's, it's really helpful. I really like mint. I really need to check that out. I'm not even sure how to pronounce the word budget or bouget or... <laughs> you're like it's bouget, bouget. It's, it's french that's the fancier uh it's a fancier way it makes you feel a little better about saying that you do it it's not so budget right, right. the word bouget it's not so it's not so yes. liberal it doesn't it doesn't sound like a, a hotel chain where you would have cigarette burns in the bathtub yeah totally no it's it's like target and target like target uh-huh. sounds so much classier i only shop at target target is for commoners yeah, exactly. And it's it's what rich people do. They bouge. They don't actually budget. That's for poor folks. <laughs> well, I think after after like for young adults, after you spend enough time going month to month and wondering if you're going to be able to afford yep. to go grocery shopping, I think yep. when you first start getting that regular paycheck, it is so wild. nice to just yeah, go, go buy stuff. Yeah, then yeah. you have to learn to bring it back in. My brother yeah. was in this situation. He works at, um he got a job at Blizzard last year. So he works at Blizzard and he had never really had like a real person career, like a career, not a, not a job. It was just, is a career. He wants to be there forever. And he, but then he started working overtime, which this is like, you know, at Blizzard, when they're about to launch games, they're working 60 hours a week. And so he's getting these like huge paychecks. Like I bought an iPad. And then the next, in the next two weeks later, he's like, I bought a desktop. I bought this. I bought that. And I'm like, dude, yeah, that overtime's not going to be there forever. And sure enough, Miss of Pandaria just came out and he's like, I don't have any more overtime. I'm going crazy. <laughs> Wait, so 60 hours is overtime now? Well, I think it's like, no, no, he works like that's the, during their overtime. They're working like 60 to 80 hours, depending on like when 80. they. 80, I would understand getting paid extra for. Yeah, I think oh, it's over 40. Well, it's over 40 here. So it's like if you work 40 hours a week, then you get time and a half. And then and then I think it's if you work a certain amount of hours after that, you get double time or even triple time. Like if you're working overtime on a holiday, it's like triple time or something like that. I haven't I haven't been paid hourly. I don't yeah, know, for maybe, I'm 10 years free. now. But. I, I read something hilarious on Twitter the other day where it was like freelancer and then they had like, you know, noun as a definition. And it's like when you're when your bank account equals less than the money that's owed to you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, it's so true. Been there. Yeah. So but um, but yeah, so it's you get into that mode where it's like, want to spend, spend, spend because you finally don't have to worry about starving to death every month. And um, and so Mint is has been very helpful, at least for me in kind of corralling my spending habits and actually showing me it's so much easier to say, hey, I I'm not going to spend money on that when you can see how much money you actually spend on things like it is not it is so apparent to me how ridiculous I am about going out to eat like my husband and I eat way too much. But it's a little bit easier to sort of say like, hey, no, because we know at a glance how much we've spent in a month and you really don't realize how much it is until you really look at it. And you're just like, oh, my God, how have we spent four hundred dollars a month in restaurants? Like, that's crazy. But then you think about it, you're like, well, that's really like, you know, 10 times you go out to dinner. When I see my app store, my iTunes bills all put Mm -hmm. together at the end of the month. Oh, no. It freaks me out. As someone saw my launch uh, up. Well, actually, a lot of people. I'll get to that in a sec. But my launch pad on my Mac yeah. uh, is uh, everything's foldered and it's still four pages of, yeah. of full folders. And um, it, it adds up even 99 cent apps. Uh, oh, yeah. Hundreds of dollars a month are, are coming out of my account and going into the app store. And I don't feel horrible about that because I develop well, apps myself. You do. That's what you do for a living. I mean, it hits a tax write off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like to justify it by saying, yeah, it's a tax write-off. Like, oh, I'd buy this app. No problem. $25 uh, slate, digital slate. Yeah, absolutely. Got to have that. 
Well, in that that leads in nicely to my last pick is uh, it's not, it's an app for app, but it's not a cheap one. Um, it's called Purple, and okay. it creates. Uh, have you seen Hype uh, HTML5 animation application? No. Uh, it's a pretty cool one too. Purple is. I I picked Purple for this week. Um, I found it. The extra features in it are awesome, but basically it's kind of uh, a keyframe editor. Uh, for animation and uh, and basic graphics work that can export to uh, HTML5 widgets that you can include in iBooks, uh, among other things. And it comes. There's a companion app uh, on the iPad and iPhone that lets you preview your animations live on your iOS device. Oh, and that's cool. it has opened up. I I've actually all right. I'm gonna multi segue on this. Do First, it. I, I I put out a book with uh, David Sparks that just came out today on iBooks. It's called uh, Sixty Mountain Lion Tips, and it it incorporates screencasts with each tip. So there's over an hour and a half worth of screencasts inside a book, and as you flip through the book, it's one tip at a time, and and you just get one. Uh, each screencast is just about one tip, so it's easily digestible. You can stop at any point. You don't have to put bookmarks in your video. You just put a bookmark in the book. It works really well for kind of getting through tips that will make you a power user. Um, then after finishing that and after you know working in iBooks for a while, then I find purple and my mind just explodes <laughs> with the possibilities. Like uh, I contacted a few friends of mine that are... Uh, professional animators and um, illustrators, and we're starting a we're embarking on a project uh, that it's going to be a children's book. I haven't I haven't this is the first time I've publicly said what I'm working on, but uh, I want to make a children's book in iBooks that is the digital equivalent of the pop up books we had when we were kids, mm-hmm. where entire like fairy kingdoms would pop up and you'd be able to like open doors and stuff yeah, and in the castles and everything. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing that for iBooks and I haven't seen a lot that I've really um, succeeded at that and I think done well it's going to be something really magical I think that'll be awesome I'm excited I'm like, I really like this whole um, being able to publish something in iBooks that has especially the, the mountain line thing like I think this is really cool that you're able to do these you know casts your people you're able to see the video of it you can um, you know it's a very interactive uh, showing instead of just telling a book. And I think this is very exciting for a lot of self-publishers because in so many ways, it, I mean, I would imagine it's very difficult to tell somebody like, well, hey, like you have to go here on your Mac and then here, here, here. It's so much easier to just say, well, watch this video and we'll show you how to do it. And then we'll explain why it's so cool and important. Well, yeah. And, and there's two there's two types of of people too. Well, there's actually a lot of types of people when it comes to learning, but mm-hmm. uh, some people do better with reading and and text that they can highlight and search. And some people learn way more right. just having someone show them in 30 seconds, you know, a screencast. And this gets this combines both. And and these features were developed originally by Apple with the intention, as far as I know, of building better education textbooks. Yeah. And. Uh, and that and sixty tips kind of falls into that. This is education, but those same features can be used for all kinds of interactivity, which could also be educational. I mean, you could make an educational children's book. Yeah, mine's gonna have uh, mine's gonna have subtle, uh, underlying subliminal moral messages that will undermine society in general. Um, <laughs> just fair warning. Do not do. Make sure one of those subliminal messages is do not listen to tech foolery. <laughs> it will corrupt your mind. It it will be it will be about uh, um, not not having a gender bias in technology. Yeah, exactly. Like all, it's all good, everybody. It is all good. <laughs> all right. Well, those are my three picks, and I think yeah, we've we've got three because you started. Yeah, I yeah, always lose count by the end of these because um, we're so excited. We're all we're so hopped up on on apps. I think I, that is definitely when 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 I have a person on the show that gets as excited as I do about software, um, definitely we get lost and we end up talking about each other's picks to the point where we can't remember whose pick it was. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, I'm going to skip to sponsor three 
uh, squarespace.com. So, squarespace.com is everything you need to make an amazing website. Squarespace is a fully hosted, completely managed environment for creating and maintaining a beautiful website, blog, or portfolio. This means that no matter how experienced you are with building websites, you can build something amazing in minutes. You don't have to worry about hosting, scaling, or integration with services like Twitter and Facebook. And there's great news. The new Squarespace has arrived. The templates in the new Squarespace are out of this world. They're beautiful, they're clean, and they let your content do all the talking. Everything in this platform is drag and drop, which makes it even easier and more fun to use. The source code is perfectly clean and amazing for SEO, and there's even support for image versioning. Everything is integrated, including design, domains, hosting, and support. Layout Engine is Squarespace's page builder. It allows you to create custom layouts for each of your pages in seconds. You can add blocks of content such as photos, videos, text, social media, and tons more. You don't have to worry about what your site will look like on a mobile device. When you add images or design pages with the new Squarespace, your entire site will restructure automatically to fit on every device and maintain the beauty of the site's design. If you like stats, you'll love the real-time analytics that are built into Squarespace. There are even iOS and Android apps which let you manage and post on the go. You can import your content from your current blog and easily set up sharing and syncing with your social media accounts. As always, Squarespace delivers award-winning 24-7 customer support that responds in minutes. They also have live online workshops to walk you step-by-step through everything you need to know to build an amazing site. When you sign up for a year of Squarespace, you get a free custom domain name. If you want to pay month-to-month, you can easily link your custom domain with just a few clicks. There's no credit card required to try it out. Simply go to squarespace.com slash 5x5 and start your trial. When you sign up for a year of Squarespace, you get free custom domain, a free custom domain name. And Squarespace is $10 a month for the, first, for the standard plan and $20 a month for the unlimited plan. If you sign up for one year, you automatically get 20% off. And if you sign up for two years, you get 25% off. Make sure that you use the offer code VAMPIRE when you purchase for an additional 10% off. Check them out at squarespace.com. Last week, I think it was Big Taco last week, and this week it's Vampire. Mm-hmm. Those are good. I is there a reason? Did something, is there some uh, Maybe it's October. Uh, current event? October. Oh, October. It is October. Today's today's the first. This will air on the second. Yep. Wow. And clearly, and clearly, Big Taco is in reference to uh, September. It has to be some kind of international taco month. Obviously. Obviously. Although, if you asked me, I would say every month is Taco Month, and therefore the code should never expire. I'd be willing to bet that if you went there and used Big Taco today, it would probably work. That's pro- You're probably right. That's because everybody, nobody dislikes tacos. I love tacos. Everybody loves them. And they're my favorite food. Well, All one right. of. They're one of my favorite foods. <laughs> With the amount you foods. eat out, I would assume that you have many favorite foods. Yep. This is true. All right. Well... Ashley Esqueda, yes, uh, great to have you with us today. And, that was so uh, much fun. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely, I'm it, sure. It I'm pleasure. sure some people I, I blathered on too much, but oh, uh, we still stayed within about an hour and ten minutes, so I don't think anyone can complain. Well, that's good. Well, I'm. If anybody was upset or bored by my words, I'm sorry. And if you liked them, then I'm so glad that you listened. That's perfect. That's uh, that's exactly the right attitude for someone putting themselves out there in the tech world. It's true. All right. Um, so I will uh, I'll put it in the show notes. But you are Ashley Ashley on Twitter. Yes. Uh, techfoolery.tv. and uh, like I said before, geekevolution.tumblr.com and ashleyescetha.com is kind of a hub for all of that. Yeah, I think I think my blog that that Tumblr is going to connect into my uh, the relaunch of my official site. So in the next hopefully couple of weeks, I think we're going to be launching it here. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm Brett Terpstra, and I am TT Scoff on Twitter and uh, BrettTerpstra.com, and um, we will be back in a week with another guest, and uh, that's it. Thanks for listening.